0: As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. Welcome to another edition of Your Financial Mission. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Janine Theus. She is the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors, your financial commander here on the show each and every week. And... uh, Janine, great to talk to you again. Hope you're doing well.
1: Thank you. Yes, it's uh, been, uh, well, everybody's coming back from being ill in uh, um, January, so <laughs> it's nice not to be coughing.
0: <laughs> yeah, as we record uh, this podcast here in early February, I think everybody is, you know, hopefully on the upswing from the flus and colds and all that kind of stuff that we've probably all caught over the last couple of months. And, you know, now we're we're ready for springtime, hopefully around the corner, not too long from now. I think they said uh, Tony Phil did see his shadow, but who knows? Maybe we'll get out of the uh, winter doldrums before we know it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was crazy. It was definitely crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, you sound nice and clear and all healed up, so I'm excited for our show today. We're going to be talking about some uh, recent headlines that we've seen. In fact, one in particular we're going to key on for this particular podcast. We're talking about... Robots, Janine. What a fun topic to kick off the podcast this week.
1: Yeah, because it's uh, it's we're not quite there where um, I Robot the movie <laughs> it takes over, but we're getting close in some respects.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right about that. Well, in just this past year, we saw several different articles. Several economists talked about the impact of, you know, increased automation in the labor market. So we're not necessarily talking about like "Hello, I am Bob" type robots, but you know, just automation in general taking jobs away from people. And so I'm kind of curious on your trend as a financial advisor, but someone who looks at sort of these larger global or national trends. You know how real is this threat of people losing their jobs to robots in the future? Not only to our specific roles as employees or uh, you know entrepreneurs, perhaps, but just you know the larger economic scale of this as well.
1: Well, I heard some statistics recently that we were going to lose about a million point seven—I don't know how they come up with that number—jobs in the next probably ten years because of robotics. But what's going to happen is because of technology, we're going to create other jobs to replace those jobs that are taken over by automation. So, in the financial field, we're t- mostly talking about robo advisors. We just we just had a, a market downturn or or correction or uh, you know a lot of euphemisms for that. What happened here recently, and you've got computer trading, so robo trading, if you will. And, you know, robo-advisors took their biggest, it was their biggest stress test on Monday. So the market slide drove the surge in volume, you know, of, of investors trying to access their accounts at a lot of these companies. Most of these companies are not even 10 years old, so they've never experienced a down market. And it was an epic fail in servers shutting down and things not working as people tried to make some change in their accounts. And that's going to be a really interesting thing in the future because now you're going to see some adaptations. And that's so common as we move. Uh, you've heard of people losing their jobs in McDonald's because they've gone to these automated things where you pick the meal that you want. Have you been in one of those, by the way?
0: No. What is? I, I don't know the last time I stepped foot into a McDonald's was. I've been to the drive through a few times in the past You know, maybe a few years, but I don't know when the last time I actually went inside one was that. that, What is this now? You don't even have to talk to somebody?
1: Well, you it's this is what's really interesting is you actually do have to talk to somebody. They've got these kiosks set up and they're really, really nice. And of course, kids are going to figure it out really fast. But it was very interesting to watch the number of people over 50. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Come up to this kiosk and try to figure out where everything was on the menu and what they had to do and press the button or press this and then I want that, and so you've they've got designated, at least in this particular McDonald's and this was early January. I went and happened to go in one on on a trip, and the, these people are helping you choose from the kiosk.
0: Okay. So it's kind of like when you go check in at the airport and they've got a bunch of kiosks, but there's always an employee there kind of helping you navigate your way through it.
1: Yeah. Because a lot of people are, they're not as comfortable with this and it's all new. Hmm. It's very cool, but you still are going to have to have employees helping customers make their choices and figure things out. And then, oh, then you go over here and you pick it up and you pay for it, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not quite all robotic yet. So,
0: I mean, I've always kind of liked, have you been to uh, a Chili's anytime in the near future? Okay. (laughs) So Chili's and they, you know, this is probably still relatively new, a couple years old, maybe they've at least taken the end part of the process and automated it. So kind of whenever you're and I love this because I have this really weird thing and I don't know if anybody else has this or if I'm just a weirdo, but like, as soon as I'm done with the meal, Unless we're there for like a true social purpose and we're hanging out with people. But, you know, if it's just Connie and I or I, even if I'm eating by myself out at a restaurant, as soon as I'm done with the meal, I want to go. I For some reason, I hate sitting around waiting for the check and, yes, can I have the check? To the check. bring yeah. it all. That. yeah. As soon as I'm done eating, I'm going to go to the next thing. I don't know. It's just something weird. But Chili's has this great thing where as soon as you want to at any point in time during the meal – you can go ahead they have these little kiosks at all of the at all of the different stations. You can just click and check out and you can go ahead and do the tip, you can email the receipt and you're completely done. You walk away from the table whenever you're done. It's a little impersonal because you never even really say goodbye to your server or anything like that. You just kind of go. Right. But, you know, for some sometimes that's helpful and easy and more efficient.
1: Oh, I think you yeah, I think some of these uh, I I don't know, big box restaurants are probably more likely to implement something right. like that because when they get crowded it's pretty crazy and it's more efficient maybe. Yeah. But you're right it's a little more impersonal and you know the whole tip is based on the server's ability to serve you well right and being personable. So yeah that's that's going to be a factor. You know going back to robo advisors which a lot of people like to talk to or talk about in the news a couple of the industry stalwarts Betterment and Wealthfront did not fare well at all this last Monday. Their websites crashed because you had just tons of investors trying to access their accounts as the Dow tumbled. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was the largest intraday point drop ever. So a lot of people are panicked. And what these systems are not built to do is to deal with a panicked investor. And so even though we like to think a lot of things can be automated, one thing that's never going to be automated is our emotions.
0: (laughs) Mm, That's a good point.
1: So you've got, I mean, all of these systems are, you know, and as we progress and get better at automation, depending on what we're automating, you're going to see a lot, you know, th- these are learning situations that will will occur, but you're, you're not going to be able to deal with the emotionally driven individual investor, you know, who's plenty experienced when times are good, and that's been the last, you know, several years, but... They're horribly prepared for the rigors of a high volatility market.
0: Maybe these sites were actually the robo-advisors were geniuses in this case, and they knew that everyone was going to react emotionally. So they just shut down the websites automatically, sort (laughs) of like,
1: it's (laughs) in your best
0: interest not to overreact right now. We're just going to cut off all your access
1: yeah, I mean, because there's no way they couldn't they couldn't deal with the surge in the volume. So yeah, that that would be a good strategy actually, because then you would you would help people not hurt themselves,
0: yeah, yeah. well, let you me know. let me ask you this just as a follow- up. and I know you've got more thoughts on this too. So don't let me de- derail you. But it's one thing to evaluate the Robo Advisor platform. On just a functionality standpoint, which it sounds like the criticism of, you know, the crash that that happened on Monday, the 5th was uh, the 5th of February was just, okay, the websites went down, but what about the role of a robo-advisor from an actual investing standpoint and how they perform during crashes like this? Because I know that's a whole other question. There's one that's just the functionality of a website that really has nothing to do with the actual advising portion, and then you've got the robotic advising portion of that conversation.
1: Well, part of the website itself, or just the whole concept is to put a lot of these things on automation. So people basically design their own portfolios and put their portfolios on there. But if you have a market crash, depending on how people have allocated their portfolios, it's going to follow the crash right down. Hmm. And so when you have people panic, there's nobody on the other end of the phone, you know, to calm you down and keep you from doing something stupid like cashing or going to cash when what we've seen the market bounce back and that's what it typically does. So, but it's interesting that you would think by now people would know that, but they still will go to cash and bonds when this happens because you know the fear is it's going we're going to have another 2008 just S- because the, you know the media really has driven that quite a bit.
0: So classic example of that. I'm sure this happened on Monday. Market crashes 1000 points, or I guess it was even down what 1600 before it bounced back up a little bit at the end. Somebody sells right. near the bottom of that day trade but is thinking, all right, well, I lost a little bit. You know, I certainly lost some today, but this is the start of a huge downturn. I'm going to sell now. Get out. Then Tuesday comes around, and the market adds 600 points or whatever it was, right back up. You obviously hadn't gotten back in at that time. Now you've missed that huge growth back into the market, and now you're kind of just left there holding the pail, where if you had had somebody to advise you in that moment, somebody like you, Jeanine, I'm guessing your advice to someone who might have called panicked, would have been say, no, wait a second. And that person rides the market right back up the very next day.
1: That's exactly right. Because here's the thing when you try to trade, trades are T plus two or three. So you're not going to make this move. You might go to cash pretty fast, but you're not buying back in. You know, things are not going to settle out for a couple of days. So you just miss that run up regardless. And you're right. So the best thing you can do is hold your positions. And then if this scared you, reevaluate. What your allocation strategy should be. Everybody wants. It's it's very interesting. I had one email from people, from a client over <laughs> Monday's zigzag, and his comment was, "Wow, this was a wild ride."
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, you know, which is was, was was perfect because yes, it is. But then it jumps back, and then the tendency is for people to forget that they start comparing the portfolio they're in, you know, with us to their 401k well those are completely apples and oranges comparison so typically what happens when the market's doing really well is everybody is has gotten really bold and they've exposed themselves to a higher equity position and so then when you have this this all of a sudden we fell off the cliff for a day then there's a panic and so you the interesting thing is is there's no free lunch here you know there are costs to doing that and those costs are made up you know with a lot of this you know when you're when you're trading in and out when when the majority of Americans are are trading in and out on a situation like that it costs everybody because the the managers have to redeem shares or buy shares when they push money back in so the only way to avert that is not a robo advisor it's having a strategic institutional properly allocated portfolio and if you're going to go it alone, like a lot of millennials, they can do this. They can do this. And they haven't been around long enough, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to see a really bad market. And um, and even these these robo advisor platforms have only been around since uh, what 2008, 2013. You know, Vanguard and Fidelity didn't start there until 2015. So people really are not accustomed to something like this happening. And the overreaction is what's detrimental. So. It's going to be very interesting. I mean, you can build some great software and maybe you build in some checkpoints there where, you know, like a stop. When you buy stocks, you can put a, a stop or or a limit on it, you know, on its downside. But you're better off to just have the long view and set the portfolio correctly to begin with. It's going to get really interesting. But I think, yes, computer trading. I mean, a lot of it was, um, you know, block trading, et cetera, that happened and, I've seen several articles as to why that happened. I'm not sure any one by itself was the cause, but you know that that's the problem with the market. So you just don't know.
0: Well, it sounds like Janine, you're not a you're not of the, you know, mindset where you're overly concerned about robots taking away jobs from people throughout different industries. People are going to adapt like you mentioned with the the McDonald's thing. Okay, yeah, a robot might have taken over the question you know, askers job or the uh, that initial person on the intake portion, but then they still had to hire someone whose skill it was to, you know, help and assist people to utilize the machines for more efficient purposes and that kind of thing. So it was just really the changing of a role in that situation. I kind of agree with you. I just think roles will certainly change and shift and move. And then when it comes to financial advising, you still think that human element is going to be really, really important going forward.
1: Absolutely. And when you look, even if you just go to the manufacturing sector, we are, we're building plants that have a lot of robotics and automation in them. You still need someone to direct that and to handle the IT and the equipment, et cetera. It's a little more sophisticated than the assembly line because we have automated quite a few assembly lines. You know, portfolio building can maybe seem like to to some people that it's a bit of a, an assembly line, but it's not because it's very specific to the individual and you're still going to need emotional support. Most people are, you know, in terms of, are we still with the plan? Are we sticking with the plan? We're having the long view and that's very important. And I think the human factor is always going to be an important factor.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Any very interesting thoughts, I think, on uh, today's podcast, Janine. Thank you for uh, your perspective and guidance on that. If you have questions about what it's like to work with a financial advisor, with a financial commander, as we like to call Janine on this podcast, you can always reach out to her by calling 443-718-6311 You'll speak with Gracie, and she can set you up for a time to chat with Janine, 443-718-6311. Janine's also online 24-7 at TheusWealthAdvisors.com. Maybe you have utilized advisors. If the jolt in the market this past week as we're recording this podcast, you know, gave you some heart palpitations, made your, your throat kind of jump up into your throat a little bit, did anything more to you than just a chuckle, ah, it's just market volatility, no big deal. If that was your reaction, you're probably all right. But if that was not your reaction, might be a good time, kind of just a good indicator to review your plan, review your portfolio. And Janine can give you the straight skinny on your financial plan when you call. 443-718-6311 or online at theaswealthadvisors.com. Janine, thanks very much. We'll talk to you on the next podcast. Thank
1: you. Thank, Looking forward to
0: it. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, for Janine, I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time on Your Financial Mission.